Well, hello again. We are on day 16 of our 31 days of prayer. And today we're going to pray once again for an awakening of hearts. Last time we prayed for an awakening of hearts for ourselves as a church. But I, what I'd like to do this time is actually pray for an awakening of hearts for those who live within our church's neighborhood. I want to pray that those right around, all these people in these houses right around us, their hearts through this time would be awakened to the reality of the hope that they have that is theirs in Christ if they would trust Him. Now, if you are watching this and um, you, know, you happen to live in our, our neighborhood, I just, I just want you to say we're really glad we're neighbors. We're glad that you're in this community and we can be in the community together. And this prayer that I'm going to pray for you in a little bit is coming from a heart of love. Uh, we want your heart to be awakened to the greatest news in all the world, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you think about it, some people think it's unloving to impose their beliefs on others. It's unloving for me to, to pray that you will become a Christian because it's imposing something on you that you may not want. But if you think about it, in, in my thinking and, and in Christians' thinking, if we are 100% convinced that this is true, that the only hope for you to be made right with the God of the universe and to have eternal life with Jesus Christ is to become a Christian and trust in Jesus alone. If we truly believe that's true, in our way of thinking, wouldn't it be unloving for us to keep it to ourselves? If I truly believed that a car was coming down the street and was about to smash into you if you walked off that curb, and I kept my mouth shut, that would be unloving. And so as Christians, we truly believe that there's the greatest news in all the world. It's called the gospel. And that anyone who would repent of their sins and trust in Jesus alone can be made right with God. We believe that 100%. And so it's only loving for us to share this with you and to pray that this would be true of you. And so I'm going to be focusing on uh, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. And using this as a passage to, uh, to use to pray that our hearts would be awakened to the most wonderful news in all the world. This is what Isaiah chapter 12 verse 2 says. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. The book of Isaiah was written hundreds of years ago. And the first half of this book, it was a prophecy. The first half of this prophecy is mainly about the judgment that would come upon the people uh, of Israel at that time. That, that the nation of Assyria would come and overtake the nation of Israel. That's what Isaiah is mainly talking about in the first half of his book. So it's mostly doom and gloom. A lot of judgment, uh, just kind of a downer. Yet we get these glimmers of hope sprinkled throughout the book of Isaiah. And chapter 12, verse 2 is one of them. I want you to notice how chapter 12 opens up. Here's what verse 1 says. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Now this is describing that day when God's people would return from their exile in Assyria. After God unleashed his anger upon them, he turns his anger away and they're saved out from exile. Now, though that's what was happening historically, this is a pointer to a greater event that would take place through God's son, Jesus Christ. 
And in that day, verse 1 says, God will turn his anger from us and turn to comfort us. Now, you might ask, if you're unfamiliar with Christianity, you might say, why would God be angry with us? I mean, is God even allowed to be angry? Isn't he just in the business of being nice and forgiving? The answer is, no, he's not in the business of being nice. And yes, God is allowed to be angry. In fact, if God were not angry at, at some things, then he would no longer be just and holy. Because God is a holy God and he displays his holiness, he seeks to display that, he has to be angry towards the sinful choices that we make and those who rebel against him. But the reality is God is not just a holy God and therefore he's angry towards sin, but he's also a loving God and merciful and therefore he displays his grace towards sinners. And that's what verse 2 is all about. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I'll trust and not be afraid. God is my strength. My song has become my salvation. And through Jesus Christ, God's only Son, His anger is absorbed. That's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. I don't know if you ever heard this. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. What does that mean? It means that Jesus stepped in our place and took the punishment that we deserved. We are sinners. God is holy. We deserve judgment. Jesus is not a sinner. He lived a perfect life, but he willingly stepped in our place to take the punishment we deserved. And what was that? The full cup of the wrath of God that all who, who reject Christ experience for eternity. Jesus stepped in, in our place to absorb that. And, and, for, and, and by absorbing that, he died on the cross and then he rose again from the dead. And anyone that includes you, anyone who would trust in Jesus alone, bank on what he did in their place, they now can be made right with God and God's anger turns from them and he becomes, it becomes pure comfort. That's what's going on here. I love the language of verse three. It says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Talking about God. God's gonna, with joy, draw water from the, cell, the, the, the well of salvation, these wells of salvation. This is for everyone who sees their need for Jesus. We draw water from the wells of salvation. You like that imagery? Wells were their primary way of getting water back in that day. Uh, and you think of drawing water from there. Think of a really thirsty time you've had. You've been running on a hot summer Austin day, and all you can think about when you get home is to just gulp down that nice, refreshing cup of water. This imagery here, to describe what happens when we get saved, God draws from the wells of salvation, and we have plenty of water, and we are satisfied. That's what happens to everyone who trusts in Christ. Are you thirsty? Is your soul feeling dry during this time? Do you long to know if there's something more to life than what you've been living, especially more than what's been going on during this time? Draw from the refreshing waters of God's grace in Christ. Drink and be satisfied, and may today be the day of salvation for you. So I'm going to pray for you. If you are a neighbor of ours in the church, or on the church building, um, I'm going to pray for you and all, all of our neighbors around here that you would experience the waters of salvation in Jesus Christ. You would drink and be satisfied. Let's pray. 
Our Father, we pray for an, an awakening of hearts around this neighborhood. We pray that you would so move in the hearts of the people here that they would see their need for Christ, that they would experience the soul-drying effects of living a life apart from Jesus. And may they come to the wells of the, of, of the waters of salvation, drink and be satisfied. We pray that you would awaken hearts to know Jesus, to experience his grace and be saved. We pray these things in Jesus' name.